Thank you, Becky. Uh, Becky uh, is an ordained United Methodist minister, and we're delighted that she and her husband, John, are part of our congregation. Becky will be leading a workshop uh, for biblical storytelling and scripture reading uh, August 12th from 9 to 12. Uh, pay attention to that, and you might want to come to it. This is uh, a continuation of my sermon series uh, during the summer on our place in God's world. Uh, just to refresh your memory, it's our place in God's world, not God's place in our world, that, that uh, the world doesn't revolve around us, it revolves around God. So our place in God's world, and th today is our place in creation, our place in God's creation, our place in God's earth. I, I find that usually when we think about our relationship to creation and the earth, it, it gets skewed. Either, either we worship things and we kind of make an idol of creation, or um, we exploit it and manipulate it and, and misuse it. You know, I, I was brought up in an era of man versus nature and the need to conquer nature. Um, it, 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 how do we relate to nature is an important aspect of our existence. As you know, there are two creation stories in Genesis, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Um, I'm going with Genesis 2. Genesis 1 is about God's gift of time. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, it's divided. The poem is, is a beautiful poem, and we're probably more familiar with Genesis 1. You know, in the beginning, God created, and, and you get seven days of creation, and after each day, it's, and there was morning, and there, there was evening, and there was morning the first day. There was evening, and there was morning the second day. So you get time, the gift of time. Genesis 2 is the gift of place, the gift of place, our place on earth. That's why it's so specific in Genesis 2 where you get these four rivers and the names of the four rivers and what's going on in the land. It's, it's about place. I want to say four things about our, the gift of place. They are um, the creation of the human being, the creation of the garden, the fruit of those trees, and the helper God makes. The human being. The human being is called Adam, which we say Adam. It, it, it is not a proper noun. It's not a proper name. It's just the human being, Adam. Adam is made from the dirt, from the dust, from the ground. Adama. You can see the close relationship. Adam is made from Adama. It's clear in the Hebrew. In English, we would, we would probably translate it, the earthling is made from the earth, but doesn't that sound so science fiction-y? You know, so, so it doesn't quite come across. The human being is made of the same stuff that everything else is made of. The human being is made 
from what we walk on, from what we sit on, from what we live on, from what we eat, the human being is very close and part of creation. You really can't say that, we, you know, the creation is our environment because we're part of the environment. We are creation. So if we're made of the same things that, that animals and, and trees and plants and, and the sky and the air and the water is made of, you know, we're part of it. So when we abuse and exploit and pollute the air and the ground and the water, we're just hurting ourselves. We're literally damaging the things that we are made of. It just doesn't make any sense. We are creation. So that's the human being. And God places the human being in the garden. You know, gardens, we, many of us have gardens, vegetable gardens, flower gardens. We plant them for a purpose. There's an intention in a garden you know, to grow crops, to, to have beauty. And gardens not only have intention, but they have boundaries and limits. They just don't go on forever. And God places the human being in a garden. It's and it says it twice. The human being is put there, is put there. It's a specific place. We know the boundaries and we know the intention. When we are placed in a specific place, we become committed to that place. We become responsible for that place. We care for it. We keep it as God asked the human being to do. Um, some of you know my obsession with litter and trash. Um, if you've ever walked with me, you know we go at a slow pace because I'm frequently picking up beer cans and beer bottles to put in the next recycling receptacle because I feel committed to the place in which I'm put. You know, I have bulk pickup on the city on my speed dial so that when I walk through alleys, I can call the city to pick up that mattress and those springs and, you know, and they'll always say, does it have bed bugs? And my answer is, I don't know, it's not mine. You know, but I'm put here to care for this garden. You know, and, I, and I've noticed that when we don't have that sense of putness, we might not care as much for that garden because it's not ours. And that's the only way I can account for all the beer cans and all the beer bottles and the pizza boxes and so on that I find scattered through the short north that I guess I don't feel 
people don't feel put there and responsible for it. It's not their garden. But God puts us in the garden to care for it and to keep it. It's our place on earth. And again, we would never, <laughs> we want to, we're put here to live with the consequences of what we do. So we would never mistreat it. Then God um, gives the human being freedom. God says, you may eat of the fruit of all the trees in the garden except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, it interests me that God says, you may eat of all the fruit of the trees. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot that God gives us except one. Now, what do we focus on? We focus on that one kind of ignoring all the stuff we've been given. I just kind of urge us to slow down and be a little grateful for all that we've been given in the garden. And I'll get to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil a little bit later. But the point of God saying you may eat of implies that we may or we may not. We have a choice. And we have a choice on how we can live in the garden in which we are put. We can abuse it or not. We can pollute it or not. We can waste it or not. We have that freedom that the animals don't have. You know, it's interesting when the human being is created, the Bible says, God gave the human being the breath of life. God breathed life into that human being. It doesn't say that about the animals. And of course, they have breath. But it doesn't say that about the animals. So you get this notion that human beings are different. Human beings are different because they have that freedom and they have that choice to care or not. In, in this neighborhood, in this neighborhood, um, in, outside, uh, just on the ground, on the street, people have stenciled out, uh, just by the uh, sewer openings. The Olentangy River starts here. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. I, and, then, and then some of them say, the Olentangy River starts here. Think before you pollute. And I never thought that the Olentangy River starts at the corner of Michigan and 7th. Yeah. We need to be mindful. We need to make the choice to care for the garden and those who live downstream. Yeah. Then after all of this, God says... It is not good that the human being be alone. Let us make a helper fit for the human being. What it really says is, 
let us make one corresponding to the human being. Or let us make one suitable for the human being. God um, creates the animals. And the verse where it's described that God creates the animals and then brings them to the human being to name them is just a sweet verse. You get this picture of, of God making these animals and, 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 and the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And God's making them, and God brings them to the human being. It's almost as if they're clearly working together. God and the human being are together in this project. And you almost get the feeling like God is working for the human being. You know, God shapes this, and it's almost like God brings it to the human being and says, is this right? Does this make sense? Is this good? Yeah. It's, it's like the roles are reversed, and God's almost the child bringing the animals to the, to the parent saying, did I do well? Yeah. They're that close in their connection. And the human being names, names creation. Have you ever walked in the woods with a naturalist? You know, I, I've done that a couple times, and I'll walk in the woods and I'll say, ah, oh, there's a bunch of trees. And the naturalist will break it down into, you know, the different kinds of trees, you know, the maples, the walnuts, the elms, the birches, the beeches. And then they'll break those down into various categories. And, and they'll do it with birds. I'll just say, ah, oh, there's a bunch of birds out here. You know, well, there's the robin and the wren and the sparrow and the oriole. And, and they have this fine eye, and they pay attention. Yeah. I think Adam, in naming the animals, was called upon to pay attention, to have affection for, to notice the great detail in creation. It's like Psalm 104 you know, might as well have been written by the human being. The great detail that the person sees. This is a person who cares. This is a person who cares. And God's saying, name them, pay attention, care. Know what's here. Know what's here. But none of the animals seem to be one corresponding to or suitable for. So God creates a partner for the human being that's suitable for. He takes the partner not from the head, not from the feet, but from the rib, the side. You know, the one corresponding to the human being is not beneath the human being is not above the human being. It's on the same level as. And then the human being says, 
this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This is the first recorded language of the human being. It's the first time we hear the human being talk. And it seems to be that language is what makes the human human. And language is what is given to human beings so that we can correspond and be suitable to and for each other. When we don't, you know, how many parents say to kids, use your words? When we don't use our language, we're usually treating each other in a superior or an inferior way. When we use our words and talk with each other, we're human beings on a par with each other. So there's the garden in which we are put, of which we are made, of which we are part, and creation in the garden to which we relate. Now the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What's that mean? I mean, that books are written on that. I think the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that fruit, is that we see things as opposites, that we see things as dualities, good and evil and that we claim things are good and that they are evil. And I think the consequence of this is that we separate from things. We disconnect from things. God says when you eat of that fruit of that tree, you will die. And I think we certainly die a spiritual death when we disconnect, we disassociate, we separate from. And that's what happens. We separate from the earth. We say we're not part of it. We separate from the animals and they're not part of it. And what happens? We exploit and we destroy. We separate from people and do not communicate and do not use our language. And what happens? We exploit and we abuse. And we talk about being lonely. I read an article last night that as much as we have all this communication, we are lonely because we've separated. And God says, remember that you're not separate from the earth or from people or from animals or anything in creation. You're connected and you're part of it. You're one and you're whole. When we separate, we then ultimately separate from God. 
So one last story on um, this sense of oneness when we feel connected and don't separate. Yesterday, um, our son Nick called, called, up, called us up and he said, um, Liz and I would like to go um, out to dinner tonight. Could you and mom come and uh, babysit for Clementine? Yes. <laughs> you know, sure, we're free. And so after canceling 16 appointments, um, you know, we, um, we drove out to, to uh, Johnstown where Nick and Liz live and we, we called up our, our daughters and, and Maria came too. And uh, Nick and Liz have bought a, a house. Uh, it's a fixer-upper outside Johnstown. And, and Nick's been, you know, really working on renovating the, 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 the house and, and the property because this is his place. This is his garden. This is what he's caring for. This is what he's tending to. You know, I mean. And he's, he's doing a lot of good work. He's very handy. Um, the yard could need some work. Uh, it could be cut pretty well. But, and so we went out there, and, and there we were, and, and uh, we put Clementine, who's eight months old, in a swing, and, and Mari and I uh, sat there, and Susan pushed Clementine, and I, and I looked at Clementine, and, and, uh, and I thought, you know, there is literally flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone being pushed by the one who is corresponding to me. And I felt this clear sense of connection. And, and we were talking, I, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but Clementine started to make noises. And it was clear she was trying to join in to our conversation. <laughs> you know, she was trying to be human and connect to us. And there was uh, one of the cats who was crawling in and out of our legs, trying not to be stepped on. And I thought, you know, we're made of the same stuff. And I looked at the tree that was just really big and huge. I thought, you know, I'm made of this same stuff that the tree is and that the beautiful clouds and the beautiful sky is made of. And I felt this connection to everything around me. And I felt this oneness and this wholeness and this belonging and this sense of, I have a place on earth. I am not lonely. Often I feel lonely, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I belong here. And I thought, that's really how God wanted it, isn't it? He wanted us to have a place on earth to connect to earth and people and animals, to have this sense of belonging. And I thought, when we have that sense of belonging, 
it really is an enjoyable and beautiful creation, this place that God has made for us, this delightful place on earth. May it be so. Amen.